to Speak a Dogcast. My name is David Farb, Animal Behavior Specialist, and I am broadcasting from WOUF Woof Studios in beautiful Palm City, Florida. Thank you so much for joining me again today. If you haven't clicked that subscribe or that follow button, do so right now. New episodes come out every Wednesday, and you're going to want to check them out. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Speak a Dogcast, and be sure you join me there. Be sure you go to Instagram and click that follow button. Yes, because we have our brand new Training Tip Tuesday segment. Oh, not so brand new anymore. We've been doing it for a couple weeks, but hey, join me over there. Check it out. Brand new dog training tip for you every single Tuesday on the Instagram. Want to go over there? Yes. Now you can also uh, follow me on YouTube. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash speakadogcast. And if you want to support the show even further, you can become a patron of the show today at patreon.com slash speakadogcast. And of course, guys, if you love the show, if you love what you're hearing, if you're loving the podcast, do me a solid favor. That's right. Scroll on down. Give me that five-star rating. Leave me a review. Spotify, Apple Podcast users, I'm talking to you. That's right. Do me a huge favor, guys. Really would be awesome. If you do love the podcast, give me that five-star review. It would be great. Yes, thank you. Now, on today's show, we're talking about positive reinforcement, one of the most commonly thrown around terms when it comes to dog psychology and dog training, and it's incredibly misunderstood, incredibly wrong. <laughs> oh, not, not positive reinforcement in itself is wrong, but the understanding that goes with it. So we're going to really dive into that day uh, today and talk about that. Then we talk about your relationship with your dog. How can you make it better? How can you improve upon it? We'll go into that. Then comes the uh, history of Animal Mascots 101, followed by the listener Q&A. If you have any dog training questions, animal questions, psychology questions, any kind of questions, send them on over. You can email me questions at speakadogcast.com or message me on social media as well. Your question might get featured on the show. Now, before we get going with today's podcast, got to give you that trivia question. Today's question is going to be approximately how many species of mammals are on Earth? Yes, approximately how many species of mammals exist on Earth today? Right now, I'll give you that answer uh, to the question somewhere in today's show. So be sure you stick around, sit, stay, and enjoy the podcast. Next on Speak a Dogcast, positive reinforcement. Might just be the term that you hear the most when it comes to dog training, animal training, psychology, positive reinforcement. I'm a positive reinforcement only trainer. I only use positive reinforcement methods. The reason I'm saying that, guys, is because that's a completely boldly false statement. When anybody ever says they use only positive reinforcement methods, all it says to me is you don't have an understanding of psychology and you're proving it through that sentence. And we're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back this up. I will gladly back this up for any of you naysayers because I have the evidence and the scientific proof too. So we're going to get into that. Um, but this has become a very big pet peeve of mine, guys. Very big. Because everywhere you go now, positive reinforcement, positive reinforcement. Like it's this magical phrase that's going to fix all your problems. I'm in Petco the other day. Over the loudspeaker, our trainers only use positive reinforcement training methods. And I just want to scream from, I want to jump on the counter and go, no, you don't. <laughs> just start screaming it. No, you don't, Petco. You don't even know what you're saying. You're saying false. Hey, this is the frustration. Guys, you can hear the frustration in my voice. The reason why is because when on the whole, everybody's putting out such crappy information and not only crappy, completely 100% incorrect, wrong information. It makes me look like a fool, doesn't it? When the whole in society as a whole is saying positive reinforcement is all about happy, fun things. And that's a, a, a false statement. And I'm going over here going, that's not true. Everybody's going, you're an idiot. Everybody else said Petco said it over their loudspeaker, David. It must be true. It's incredible in 2024 what companies, corporations, advertising, marketing, what kind of 
absolute BS lying horrible tactics they all use even when it comes to your pets guys you heard me correctly I mean how many treats can like kill your pets and we still are selling them on the shelves you know what I mean like they don't have your best interest at heart even if it's the well it's Joe he's the nice trainer at Pekka well that's great but Joe's been taught by a handbook that's wrong so you know like that's so what it's got the Petco name slapped on it David well that makes me want to run for the hills I mean no offense to Petco but I don't really like corporate in in training there's a reason I never took a job working for um you know Petco PetSmart that kind of stuff just being honest that's just my opinion my my whatever you want to call it um so (laughs) let's stop complaining about them and let's talk about positive reinforcement first thing today guys the very first thing we have to say the very very first thing uh Take anything you think you know about positive reinforcement and psychology and throw it out the window. Get rid of it, stomp on it, crush it, I don't care. Put it out of your brain. Uh, Unless you have a background in psychology, unless you have a true understanding of not only positive and negative reinforcement, but positive and negative punishment, we're gonna get it, and we're gonna mostly focus on the positive reinforcement today, but we have to use science to back it up and you gotta see all uh, all all the intricacies of it. Okay, so, you know, if you, just, just positive reinforcement, anything you think you know, Throw it away. Forget it. Forget it. Doesn't exist. Doesn't happen. It's not there. You don't know what positive reinforcement. What's positive reinforcement? I've never heard such a term before. Perfect. Now we're on the right page. Whew. Okay. I'm going to try to put this as simply <laughs> as I possibly can. And I know this is very hard for, for some of us because our brains are wired differently. And like, I get it. Like, it's hard for me to understand certain things in other ways and vice versa. So, and look, I'll be honest, even this positive and negative stuff, it took me a, it took me a little while and really understanding this truly. So, positive in the science world does not mean good. Positive in the science world does not mean good feelings, happiness, reward even. It doesn't even mean reward. And you can think, like, if it doesn't mean reward, it doesn't mean happiness, well, then what does it mean, right? Like, what does positive mean? Well, let's think. We're talking about science class. Science is is math, math, science, right? We have math and science, and then we have English and philosophy and blah, 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 blah. But we have science over here. Math class, hardcore, just evidence-based, fact-based stuff. And when we talk about math class, and we're talking about positives and negatives, I'm going to ask you guys, and I mean, seriously, think about this. When you're sitting in math, and your teacher's going, you need to use a negative here, you need to use a positive... Are you thinking, oh, I feel so bad for those numbers because it's so negative. (laughs) I wish all the negatives could just be positive and then they'd all be happy. Like, are you thinking that? Hell no, because that doesn't even make any sense. There is no emotional connotation and attachment to numbers. They're very factual. There's there's no emotions with them. And so when we talk about psychology, it's going to be no different, guys. No different. You might as well think of positive meaning adding something because guess what? That's what it means. Positive in psychology, positive reinforcement, guys. You ready for the definition? Because there's not going to be anything happy or reward or amazing about it. You ready? The positive definition of positive reinforcement is the addition of a stimulus in order to increase a targeted behavior. The addition of a stimulus in order to increase a targeted behavior. So we're adding a stimulus, we're adding something to the situation in an attempt to increase the behavior we're seeing. David, that's not a treat. (laughs) You're right. It's not a treat because the definition of positive reinforcement is not a treat. I just told you what it was. The addition of a stimulus to increase a targeted behavior. Okay, so stick with me here. I know, like, what, what does that mean? Stick with me. I'm going to show you. 
here's the thing. So we said we said we have positive reinforcement, right? Positive reinforcement. Wouldn't that kind of automatically tell me then that there's also negative reinforcement? And everybody goes, yeah, I've heard of negative reinforcement. It's, it's like it's a correction. Eh, wrong answer. <laughs> I know I'm just being blunt and truthful today, but it's getting your attention. And it's it's right. Like you get what I'm saying here. You, you, you follow this, right? So positive reinforcement right? We said that's the addition of a stimulus to increase a targeted behavior. So what's negative reinforcement going to be? And I can hear it. Everybody's going, oh, that means decrease. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It means remove. And it, if positive reinforcement is the addition of a stimulus to increase a targeted behavior, then guess what negative reinforcement is going to be? The removal of a stimulus in order to increase a targeted behavior. Simply put, we use both positive and negative reinforcement to increase behavior. Yeah, because, and here's like here's why, right? It has the word reinforcement on it. And if it has the word reinforcement on it, that automatically tells me we're increasing. We're increasing behavior. That's what reinforcement does. Reinforcement increases the likelihood that an animal is going to want to repeat that behavior. So it doesn't matter whether it's positive or negative reinforcement, because why? There's no emotional attachment to this. Doesn't mean anything emotional, right? No, instead, Positive going to mean adding something. Negative is going to be removing something. So we're adding a stimulus, removing a stimulus, adding a stimulus, removing a stimulus in an attempt to increase that targeted behavior that we're working on. So stick with me here. Um, oh, and my collar's not here, but that's okay. Not a big deal. Well, actually, no, he doesn't have his collar. Well, darn. Okay, that's not a big deal. Not the end of the world. Uh, I had a collar here to show you a little bit, but look, it's pretty basic, guys. If I have some kind of constricting collar, like a martingale collar that I like to use, those of you not familiar with the martingale collar, maybe you're familiar with a slip leash, right? A slip leash, it just kind of slips, um, it's like a loop and the leash slides through the hole and slips closed and shut. Look at me terrible not being prepared having my collar here, but that's okay uh, for those of you watching on my YouTube channel. And um, basically what's going to happen is think about it this way. If we have a dog that's pulling us and we're on leash and they, they, they like to pull us and we want to stop that pulling. Instead, we want to reinforce them not pulling. We want to reinforce behaviors that get us not pulling. Does that make sense? Now, we're going to add something to this little conversation before we move further. We haven't talked about punishment yet because everybody knows what punishment is. We all think it's a bad word, but it's not. Punishment is what we use to decrease behavior, right? I just said a minute ago, positive and negative reinforcement are used to increase behavior. So therefore, punishment is how we decrease behavior. Does that make sense? Reinforcement increases behavior, punishment decreases behavior. Excuse me, behavior. All right? So if I have a dog that's pulling, I need to decrease the pulling. How do I decrease the pulling? Well, we apply a punishment in order to decrease that behavior. I just said that. Makes sense. Cool. Connect the dots. Um, that punishment in this moment will be a small correction with the slip collar, the martingale collar, whatever collar we have on. It's going to be a small correction. That collar is going to tighten. And then the collar is going to disappear when we release the tension because why? The dog stops pulling. Well, I don't want to keep correcting him if he stopped pulling. Therefore, I need to release the tension of the collar to what? Reinforce, strengthen the behavior of not pulling and increase the likelihood that he wants to do it again. So just by, ah, stick with me here, just by removing a stimulus, removing the tension on the collar, removing the stimulus, we're actually negatively reinforcing the behavior. See what I'm saying? Here's the science to back it up, guys. It's right here. 
And guess what? That dog's going to go, well, I don't like pulling. Every time I pull, I get this collar correction. Every time I back off, the tension disappears. I don't want to do that anymore. Guess what we have now? We now have a desired behavior that we can strengthen. How do I strengthen a desired behavior that's happening in that moment? Well, uh, let's see. I reinforce it. Well, which reinforcement can I use? I, I just did negative reinforcement. I removed. So if I want to strengthen this behavior even more, I need to add something like a treat or a good boy or a pet or a give the do uh, dog a tennis ball if that's what they like. Okay, we have to find and motivation plays a role in reinforcement. And we'll talk about this in a second. But guys, that's positive reinforcement. Did you see how long in that example it took for me to get to positive reinforcement? To be able to have a behavior to even reinforce? We had to go through punishment to decrease the behavior we don't like. We had to remove the punishment to negatively reinforce the behavior we do like. And then in order to keep that behavior going that we do like, we have to reinforce it more by positively reinforcing the behavior. Now you also notice I said I could pet him, I could say good boy, and I could give a treat. Those are three different things that that dog is going to uh, understand as positive reinforcement, as a form of reinforcement to increase that targeted behavior right there. So this is why the definition of positive reinforcement is not a treat, is not affection, because it can be a multitude of different things. I could even give you an example where positive reinforcement is almost more passive. You're not actively giving the dog a treat. You are actively doing something. Very simple. Very simply put, guys. Here it is. If I have a dog that wants to walk one direction and I turn and walk the other direction, by definition, that's punishment, right? Because they want to go that way. So it's sort of same, I could take the same concept. The dog is pulling. Instead of a collar correction, I'm going to turn and walk the other way. We do this. It's called a redirection, right? I turn and walk the other way. Let's say the dog calms down and stops reacting. Well, then I'm going to turn around and walk back toward that dog it was reacting to to try it again. When I turn around and walk back toward that other dog, that is positive reinforcement. It's not a treat, but think of it this way. It's increasing the likelihood the dog will stop pulling. Why? Because the dog stopped pulling when we turned and walked away. So now I want to reinforce and strengthen that behavior. So just by turning around and adding a stimulus such as the other dog, aha, that other dog in that moment is a form of positive reinforcement. What, David? Get out of here. Everyone tells me positive reinforcement is only using treats and praise and affection. Don't take my word for it, guys. Go do your own research. This is not something I've made up. This is not my opinion. This is not, if I made this stuff up, I would not be on this podcast right now. I'd be sitting on a yacht as a billionaire retired. You know what I mean? Like this stuff was decided a long time ago. People figured these things out a while ago. This is not my opinion. This is science. And those who choose to follow the science get the results. Those who choose to ignore the science and go, well, this positive reinforcement trainer told me not to use that collar, only use harnesses, and only use this, and only use that. We didn't have harnesses for thousands of years, guys, and somehow we trained dogs. We didn't have the, the boutique-y, bougie dog treats only made at this one particular local store, the fresh oven baked, that only my dog will only eat those. You know how many times I hear this BS? It's all a bunch of crap, guys. Follow the science. Understand what positive reinforcement is and how to property, properly utilize it. But when I walk in to every damn pet store and I hear, we only use positive reinforcement techniques. When I open my phone to Instagram, it's, oh, you should only use positive reinforcement. Don't listen to any trainers who don't use only positive reinforcement. And I'm going, guys, there's literally no such thing. There's literally no such thing as only positive reinforcement training. I don't know how many times I can say this. I need to learn five other languages so I can say it in five other languages. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, wow. There is literally no such thing 
doesn't exist positive reinforcement only training. And I've said it again and I'll say it again. I've said it before rather and I'll say it again. If I were anybody coming across looking for a trainer, I don't care if you don't hire me, you know, whatever. But if I came across anybody who calls themselves a positive reinforcement only trainer, I would turn and run for the hills, guys, because they just don't know what they're doing. Can they get some success with your dog? Probably, probably. But do you know how often I hear that? Look, it's also partially the uh, client's fault, but I do, I do, not always, not all, and that's my point. Sometimes I'll walk in and they'll go, look, you're the third trainer we've hired. And all of a sudden in two sessions, we get results. And they're like, holy crap, because you like explain it and actually do something. I'm like, well, you know, I want to give my clients an understanding. I need you. It's not even I want. I need you to have an understanding. Because without that understanding, you're not going to get the results. You're going to just be waving a treat in front of your dog's face thinking you're supposed to use positive reinforcement only. And in reality, all you're doing is bribing your dog. You're not shaping behaviors. You're not decreasing and punishing behaviors you don't like. You're not really reinforcing behaviors you do like. And you're going to find yourself running in circles. Why? Because you're not actually training your dog. You know, you're not actually training your dog if you don't know what the hell you're doing. It's that simple. So positive reinforcement has become one of my pet peeve terms. You know, really, I used to love, I mean, I still I still like the term punishment simply because it's so misunderstood. And again, I could say the same thing really quick, really quick in a nutshell. I could say the same example about using punishment. Punishment doesn't have to be anything active. As a matter of fact, that that scenario I gave you with turning and walking away, we used punishment. You know what the punishment was? Turning and walking away. <laughs> that's, that's a form of punishment, believe it or not. Did it, did it, like in my example, did the behavior decrease? Guess what? By definition, it's a punishment. All right. So I implore you to do your own research. I implore you to understand these concepts, understand the terminology, understand the definitions, and quite frankly, just what the hell they mean. You know, it, it's a lot. It's tr- it can be a little tricky, but once you get it, this little light bulb goes off over your head and you can't turn the light switch off. I love... Clients that I have turned the light switch on for, they love and hate me. (laughs) They love me because they see it. They fix the behaviors with the dogs. They hate me because they go, David, I can't turn it off now. Everywhere I go, all I do is look at people and go, you could have redirected that. You could have reinforced that. You missed an opportunity to punish that behavior. You're not utilizing the collar correctly. You have a harness on? Okay. (laughs) My clients that become educated see it so clearly. But you, number one, you have to want to be educated. And the reality is, guys, human beings are not very good at change. And that's what being educated is. You have to change. You have to be told you've done things wrong with your very personal, heartfelt dog. Tough, right? And then you have to learn and implement these things. And that's that's three very tough things to ask of a human being, unfortunately. It is. Um, but again, those that can conquer it, those that can understand this, those that can run with it, night and day. Night and day difference with their dogs. So I hope you guys understand positive reinforcement a little better now. I hope that information can empower you, empower you to understand and utilize this terminology and all these training tools better. Don't be fooled by positive reinforcement only training because again, guys, no such thing. Do your own research, do your own reading, and you'll have a better understanding of psychology and the very misunderstood positive reinforcement. Tired of your dog barking all the time? Or maybe you want them to stop jumping on people when they come over. Or does your dog take you for a walk instead of the other way around? Well, we can help. At the Nature of Training and Speak a Dogcast, we are committed to improving the relationships and lives people have with their pets. No matter what behavioral issue you are experiencing, from an unruly puppy to more severe issues, we can help. Our virtual training programs are catered to you and your pet and create a training plan that gets results. 
For more information, you can check out our website at www.thenatureoftraining.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram at Speak A Dogcast. With the ability to connect, teach, and train with pet owners around the world, together we can make a better home for our furry friends. The Nature of Training and Speak A Dogcast, helping you achieve success with your pet. Speaking Dogcast, your relationship with your dog. I don't like to get too emotional, too sappy. No, but you have to have a good relationship with your dog. You know, that trust, that bond, that's what allows you to train your dog in a cohesive way. But in order to gain that bond, gain that trust, there's a lot that goes into it, and it's not just love and affection. You know, everybody likes to think we can rescue dogs, we can raise dogs, give them food, a comfortable bed, give them tons of affection, make them so happy, and that's enough. That should be enough to create a well-balanced dog, and it's just not the case. It's just not the case. And look, human beings are the same darn way, and I don't I don't want to get into the parenting crap too much. I'd probably do that too often on a dog podcast, but I think there's a lot of things in society and a lot of problems today that really relate back to parenting and this overcoddling and this helicopter parenting mentality and this not letting kids fail and all the different, not letting kids scrape their knees, not encouraging them to go outside and use their imagination and be creative and all the kinds of things. And technology is playing a role too. And, and parents just, there's just no discipline anymore. And if you think about it, that's what going outside and falling and skinning your knee is. It's a form of discipline. It teaches you to not be a fool and fall down and skin your knee again. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it, it makes me happy to see that there's a few other trainers out there I've, I've noticed on Instagram that tend to agree with me on this. And not only agree with me, they know it's the truth. You know, forget the agreeing part. Experience. Experience, knowledge, understanding that's what gets you to truly understand what a dog is what 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 nature is and you know guys nature is not friendly mother nature is downright nasty and people just don't like to i don't know why like take the shade off your eyes guys this is how the world turns you know there's predators there's prey there's ebb there's flow there's there's uh creation there's destruction i mean for crying out loud i wish we could stop hurricanes right like people die i mean that we can't do a damn thing about it why because mother nature is powerful is destructive is creative is is this balance and unfortunately the further we get away from mother nature the further we have forgotten that balance in life guys like relationships are balance. Like like everything in life should be about balance. How much sugar you eat, right? I don't believe in no sugar at all. I think that's crazy. What's the point of living if you can't enjoy some of the fruits of the world, you know? Like but eating too much sugar, what's going to happen? You're going to get diabetes. You're going to get sick. Like it's good. everything in life down to the food and water we drink is about balance. What happens when you drink too much water, guys? Can literally kill you. Overhydration can literally kill you. Anything, too much of anything is a bad thing. And so when we talk about dogs and our relationships with them, we can take that phrase and and just absolutely hold it up right there and go, yeah, that's applicable. Too much affection, bad. Too much discipline with your dog, bad. It's all about balance. But here's the thing, and this this is kind of the little asterisk. We have to remember, guys, dogs are dogs, not people. 
I, I don't know why I have to remind people of this because it's like, dude, did you see they have fur and four legs and they lick their buttholes and <laughs> and eat poop and nasty crap? That's not a human being. Like, I don't know why I need to shout this to a lot of you out there. These are not little humans. They are not wired like humans. They are not biologically like humans. They don't think like the only the only way they're biologically like a human is that they're a mammal. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's get real here, people. Okay. Let's get real. Let's be honest with ourselves about what these things are. And so when we talk about a dog being different than a human, well, wouldn't that mean they're mentally different? They, they are wired differently than we are. They, they think differently, act differently, uh, socially or structured differently. Yes is the answer. And so when we talk about building a bond and relationship with your dog, that is the first thing we need to take into account. This is a dog. They're going to be different than I am. The dog cannot come up to our level. We have to come down to theirs. And so when we talk about dogs and structure and you know social rules, and it's pretty basic, guys. It's pretty basic when it comes to dogs. It's actually quite simple. There is one leader. Everybody else follows. Pretty simple, right? Like one leader, everybody else. Okay, cool. Human beings are not simple enough for that. <laughs> We, we are much too com- we are much too complicated of a creature. Our brains are just too in-depth, too much emotions, too much all that stuff to blindly follow like that. We can in certain circumstances circumstances and situations, but as a society as a whole, it's not the way we're hardwired, right? Okay. Dogs are. People don't like to hear this, but dogs are. Oh, David, that's so mean. First of all, you're telling me their biology, their natural biology that we only had very minimal control over is mean? I'm I'm scratching my head how how I could possibly think that it's mean to treat a dog like a like what they are and how they treat each other. That's mean, guys. I don't get it. I don't get that. I, I really don't. Now, am I saying be mean to your dog? Am I saying do nothing but structure and rules and discipline? You have to yell at them all the time. No, I'm not saying that either. Why automatically because I say you need to discipline and have rules for your dog, does that make me an authoritative figure? Doesn't. That's it. That's that's your heart, your emotions, if you're thinking that. It's not what I said. Never, never even moved that direction. You did. So, not you, but you. You know who I'm talking. You know who I'm talking to. <laughs> so when we talk about building a relationship with our dogs, with your dog, well, guys, you have to come at it from a dog's perspective. We have to come down to their level. They're sure as heck not coming up to ours. You know, like, come on, let's 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 put on our thinking caps and look at the reality of the situation. And so when it comes to dogs, like I said, one leader, everybody else follows. And the cool thing is, as human beings, we can create that human beings are the leader and you follow. You want your dog to come back to you almost every single time. And I say almost. Dogs are not perfect. They're not going to be 100%. And speaking of, I can't stand people that call me out when my dogs are not 100% perfect. It makes me so angry. I get really, like, actually legitimately like, screw you, dude. Like, Really? You want my dogs to be 100% because I train for a living? I say it over and over on this podcast. No dog is going to be 100% ever. It's not going to happen, guys. And if you think you are, (laughs) you're delusional. And you're going to have a huge breakdown with your training with your dog at some point. Just being honest. If your dog has been just perfect, 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 just wait. There's a breakdown coming. Because why? Dogs are animals. They're They're not robots. They're not meant to be perfect. And so when my dog has one step out of line, I have a handful of clients that love to try to, oh, your dog's not doing it. And it's like, are you serious? Yeah, and this is my dog at their worst. You want to you wanna go? You want to compare apples and oranges here? Because we can do that. <laughs> my dog on its worst day is your dog on a non-existent best day. Like, I'm sorry. 
I don't want to throw it in their face, but you know, there's like a point where I go enough, like enough. My dogs, my the relationship I have with my dogs, probably better than yours. So, okay, <laughs> like I don't need to throw it in there. But when people keep coming at you, you know, there's a point where it's like, all right, like enough. Thanks, thanks for calling out my dog being not perfect, because he didn't sit the first time I asked him to sit. Out of like 20 sits, he, he sat the other 19 times the first time. But you know, one time he didn't sit the first time because he was a little zoned in. And then I just redirected and he went right down. But that's oh, your dog didn't listen the first time. Okay, all right, I'll stop. I'll stop. Um, <laughs> guys, relationships with your dog are 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 uh, they always start with understanding what a dog is and treating a dog like a dog. I need a balance of affection and discipline. Discipline starts with a lot of different things. It starts with calling all the shots. Does your dog just bolt out the door on you? Does your dog just jump up on your lap whenever it feels like it? Does your dog bark and demand things at you? If you said yes to those questions, you do not have a balanced relationship with your dog. Okay? Just being honest. Do you walk your dog daily? Do you exercise them? Do you create control on the walk? Do you create focus? Do you start uh, uh, giving discipline rules and boundaries on something as basic as a walk? The answer is no. You don't have a balanced relationship with your dog. Guys, dogs are meant to be told what to do in the nicest way possible. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to be a jerk about it. But when I tell my dogs, you need to come here now, it might be a matter of safety. So I need them to listen. And they know to listen. All right? Are they perfect 100%? No. No. Are they pretty damn good? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Okay? So... It starts with, with creating rules and boundaries. Look, even my 11-week-old puppy, well, yeah, Riker, when I got him, I'm loving up on him because he was the cutest damn little thing. We were also doing rules and I wasn't holding him 24-7 in my arms. I wasn't making sure he's always by my side so I can pet him. That's not where it starts. People think that's where the bond starts with your dog, and all you're doing is creating an unhealthy dependency on you. Instead, we gave him space. I made him go lay in the dog bed away from me. Sometimes, sometimes he laid on the couch next to me. It all, we ch- balance. Sometimes I brought a crate out to the family room and just put him in the crate while the other adult dogs were out napping and he got to nap, but he was in his crate. Balance. Okay, we don't do these things anymore because I created that balance with him. But it starts with the discipline and affection. We were going for walks from day one. I was starting to create focus on those walks from day one. We were working on a sit and stay at the door day one. We were working on feeding time, sit and staying day one. Speaking of, training tip Tuesday on my Instagram. Go check it out this last week. Uh, I showed you guys how to start getting your dog waiting for their food properly. All of these things are what add up to create a well-balanced and a, a, a good relationship with your dog. People think it's all about the affection, the treats, the food. Well, yes, that's an aspect of it. It's not the core. The core aspect of a relationship with your dog is the boundaries, the rules, the discipline, your dog looking at you as a leader. I don't know why people don't want their dogs to look at them as a leader. I don't get it. Your dogs crave it. And if you don't give it to them, you're missing out and your dog is missing out. And I feel bad for both of you, honestly. Stop trying to be just, you're, you're, you're like, like everybody goes, oh, it's my child, it's my baby. And it's like, well, then why are you treating it like it's your best friend that's your age and you're literally your equal? I love my dogs, guys, but they are not my equal. They're not. They are loved, valued family members in this home, but they are not my equal. Why? Because they're a dog. I, I don't, hierarchy is a natural thing in the natural world that Mother Nature dictated. We didn't design this. This isn't my opinion. This is something the world created. And by not 
looking at my dogs and understanding, and I know you can't really see them, they're down there though, I promise, looking at my dogs, understanding what they are at their core and fulfilling that at their core by providing the right structure, right rules, leadership, boundaries, discipline, then the affection. I have happier, healthier dogs. Let's see if we can't do a little, tell you what, I'm gonna take the camera, just gonna do, whoop, there they are. Now, one of those isn't mine, one of those is a visiting dog, and look at how calm and happy they are. Chilling, balanced. Why? Discipline, rules first, then the affection. Very important stuff here, guys. All right? So if you really want to enhance the relationship with your dog, you need to have structure. Again, don't be a jerk about it. Look, if you go on my videos on my Instagram, you can see I'm not being a jerk to them. I'm not like yanking on them and I'm being angry. I'm not puffing myself up. I'm not like... None of this alpha male stuff, you know, like you don't have to be, you need to be an alley, you need to be a damn straight, you need to command it, but you don't have to be a jerk, and there is a difference, huge difference, all right? Start with the rules, start with the discipline, start with the boundaries, then bring in the affection. That is how you enhance the relationship with your dog, and that is how you take a leadership role with your dog, which is what you should be doing. Too much of anything, guys, too much of anything can be a bad thing, too much affection, too much discipline, it's all about balance. So give your dog the correct amount of info. Give them the right info, the balanced amount of info. If you're giving your dog too much affection, maybe scale it back a little bit. Might see a difference in their behavior. So I hope you get something out of this, and I hope it really helps you enhance the relationship you have with your dog. Next on Speak a Dog Cast, it's the history of Animal Mascots 101. Today, we'll be talking about the University of Southern Mississippi. Now, originally founded in 1910 as the Mississippi Normal College, then changed names in 1924 to the State Teachers College, then again in 1936 to Mississippi State Teachers College, then again in 1940 to Mississippi Southern College, and finally one more time in 1963 to the University of Southern Mississippi. <laughs> now their mascot is mighty bold and brave, and actually kind of big. They are the Golden Eagles. Yes, any of you who's not familiar with Golden Eagles, they are a very, very large bird. Now, they were not always the Golden Eagles. Now, originally their teams were referred to as the Tigers and the Normalites, you know, reference to normal college. Uh, <laughs> now they changed the Yellow Jackets again in 1924. A lot of this coincided with the uh, name changes of the school, also saw mascot changes. So in 1940, the students decided, again, with the school name having been changed, they would change the mascot to the Confederates, but and it changed the following year to the Southerners. However, in 1972, a committee appointed by the Alumni Association took suggestions for a new mascot from the faculty, the students, and staff, and they came up with a new mascot, which was the Golden Eagle. Now, a costume version of the mascot appeared in the 80s, and his name is Seymour de Campus. <laughs> Yes, like see more of the campus, not even kidding. Like, uh, okay. But then it does have a connection, just wait. The name was inspired by the 1984 World's Fair mascot, Seymour de Fair. Seymour de Fair, actually. The other one's the campus, this one's de Fair. Anyway, Seymour de Fair, obviously, to see more of the fair. And this mascot was actually played by a former Southern Miss mascot, Jeff Davis, class of 1983. So there's the there's the connection. Now Seymour's competed in mascot competitions with cheerleaders since uh, with the cheerleaders since the year 2000, and he was also chosen to be one of the members of the Capital One All American mascot team. The answer to today's trivia question: Approximately how many species of mammals are on Earth? It's around 5,000. <laughs> Thank you.
Next on Speaky.cast, it's the listener Q&A. The first question today comes from Robert from Tampa, Florida. Robert says, my neighbor has a big dog that he lets out loose. I have an eight pound chihuahua and I'm worried his dog will hurt mine. The neighbor has little control over the dog and well, I don't want to make an enemy of my neighbor, but I can't let this dog hurt mine. What should I do? Robert, fantastic question. I know a few people that are dealing with this right now. I mean, really, this is this just, it stinks. It puts you in such a bad position because you don't want your dog getting hurt. You don't want to tick off your neighbor. At the same time, the good thing is, Robert, you're in Tampa. So I can tell you right now, I know what the leash laws in Florida are and your neighbor depends. Uh, this depends, right? If his dog is ever leaving his yard, his property at any point, the second that dog crosses the property line and it's off leash, Robert, your neighbor is breaking the law. Okay. So the law is on your side in this situation. Dogs are not allowed to be off private property, off leash. It's that simple. The only, um, the only exception to this rule is going to be uh, a dog park, right? But even then, it's controlled. It's private property, technically. I mean, it's government property, but it's private property. It's fenced. It's controlled. Very big difference. It's not, uh, you know, loose out in public. And that's what we're trying to prevent. That's what the law is trying to prevent is exactly this type of scenario. It's not safe. It's not okay. And look, the reality is if everybody trained their dogs, if everybody did what they were supposed to, right, just like in most cases and everything in life, if everybody just did what they should, we wouldn't need leash laws. But the reality is the leash laws are there because of people like your neighbor, Robert. It stinks. It's not fair. It's not right. It's not fair to you. Um, it's not fair to your dog. So here's the thing. You can try to go about this nicely. I'm a firm believer in kind of the three strike rule kind of thing with my neighbors. I'm just, you know, that's, um, I had to deal with something similar a few years ago here where unfortunately three strikes, it didn't resolve itself. And I did have to get the police involved. And once I got the police involved, we have yet to have an issue ever again. Um, so, you know, food for thought, you are the one with the empowerment here. Uh, that's the point I'm getting to. You have the law on your side. What I would recommend is you need video. You need video and pictures. With cell phones, there's no reason not to have it too. Uh, you're going to need evidence of his dog off of his property, off leash and uncontrolled. It's only going to help your case. That's one of the things I didn't have. Uh, and luckily, the scenario took my scenario took care of itself getting law enforcement involved. Um, it's not what I wanted to do. You know, I tried. I tried three times going, guys, like, this is getting ridiculous, you know? So I, I get it, man. I hear you and I feel your pain. But at the end of the day, if your neighbor's not going to listen, you don't really have another option. You can call animal control. You can call the police. You can call whoever you would like to you in your in your area. Uh, I called I called police and they called animal control and both ended up getting involved in my scenario, which was fantastic. And again, the nice thing is you have an authority figure going, look, dude, I know the law. This is the law and you're in the wrong. And if this repeats itself, you're going to have to go in front of a judge and explain why your dog keeps getting out. And the long story is if this keeps going on and you get law enforcement involved, as much as it pains me and I don't want this guy to get his dog taken away, they'll take away his dog because he's not providing for, I, you know, it's, it's not that I want the dog to get taken away or not taken away, but I want the guy to keep his dog safe and keep your dog safe. It's not fair to the dogs. You know, they don't they don't know any better. And so his dog could potentially get run over by a car. I mean, all kinds of bad scenarios happen, guys. When you let your dogs out loose like that, it's just bad news bears. Don't do it. Uh, so, OK, I'm ranting. I'm ranting. Sorry, Robert. But the point is the law is on your side in this situation. At the end of the day, it's really up to you what you want to do with it. My opinion is try to be the nice neighbor three times. Try to be the nice neighbor. By the third time, I'm going to go, look, like I have to, if this happens, we're, we're, this is third time. Excuse me. By the second time, I'll say, look, if this happens one more time, I'm going to have to get law enforcement involved. Like I'll, I'll flat out tell them. That's what I told my neighbors too. And they they still did it. And we still had to get law enforcement involved. So I don't know. 
I don't know, Robert, it stinks because at the end of the day, if the guy just trained his damn dog to stay in his lawn and stay in his property, this wouldn't be a problem, would it? But uh, ifs and buts were candies and nuts, am I right? So good luck, Robert. Let me know uh, if you have any other questions, but you know, there's not much more I can do. I, I just, I hope that information helps you out. It's so next question. This comes from Terry from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Terry says, I want to train my dog Jack to do some fun tricks. Well, his name is Jack. He's got to do that. It just sounds like a fun dog. <laughs> he's a little terrier mutt and he has a great personality, but sometimes too much. Yeah, he's a terrier. I can't get him to focus very well because he just gets so overexcited. How can I calm him down to focus so I can teach him fun things? Terry, I love that you want to get your dog involved in doing fun things. That's just awesome. I mean, like, the more you can do with your dog, the more stimulation you can provide, the better. So even if it's something like silly fun tricks, your dog's going to love it, and you end up liking it, and it's another way to to encourage the bond between you and your dog, too. Um, yeah, so what can you do? Terry, a couple things. Number one, I want to make sure, let's leash up your, let's make sure we're leashing Jack up when we do training time. That way he can't work himself up because terriers, you know, I mean, they, they work themselves up in all kinds of ways sometimes. So having the leash allows you to redirect some of that working upness, if you will. And the whole idea is we want to try to get Jack in a sit and a stay. And that's it. for to start, like that, That's how we're going to do it. If he pops up, I redirect correct, put him back in a sit and tell him stay. We don't want to keep feeding him treats at this point, just to sit and stay. He's going to get frustrated. I can tell you that right now. He's going to get frustrated. He's going to get antsy. He might bark at you. He might start jumping. Correct, redirect, sit, stay. Correct, redirect, sit, stay. Correct, redirect, sit, stay. Over and over until he finally, he will give in. And at one point, he's just going to go, and I'll probably lie down. Then I give him a treat. Now he's probably going to pop right up and get excited. Oh, oh, and we're going to go through it again, but it won't be quite as long this next time. Redirect, sit, stay. Redirect, sit, stay. Redirect, sit, stay. And then he's going to go, and he's going to lie down again. And then you're going to give him a treat again. And he's going to, wait a second. That was twice. I laid down and relaxed, and this lady gave me a treat. Going to do it again. Right? Okay? So what we're trying to reinforce and strengthen in this moment, Terry, is very simplistic. Relaxation gets you something focusing gets you something. Because the other idea, the other goal is in this moment, a lot of times, they'll be just sitting and looking at you, right? So if you can just keep that eye contact going for now, it's going to focus, good. Once they relax, you're going to tell them good for that, okay? We're going to take away the treats and all that stuff until they relax. And then once they relax, we want to keep reinforcing it for like 20 minutes. That's where your training has to start. Forget the tricks for now. Without the focus, without the relaxation, you can always get him pumped up again later too. Like if we need to get him excited to do a fun trick or something, we can we can do that. But if we're already too overexcited, I can't get him more amped up from there because that that's not going to help anything. But if we start calm and focused, we can always go up to excited and have a good time and get them pumped up and having a little, you know, sure. But not if we're starting it overexcited. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. So we got to start with calm and focused. That's it, Terry. I mean, that, seriously, that's what you need to do. Forget everything else. Forget the tricks for now. Focus on focus. <laughs> focus on getting Jack to calm down, to focus, to relax, reinforcing and strengthening that behavior to a point that then we can manipulate that focus from there into tricks. But we can't get to the tricks if Jack can't focus. Pretty simple. So work on relaxation. Make sure you're leashing him up. Work on relaxation. Take all the treats and all that stuff away if he gets too crazy and just redirect, sit, stay. Redirect, correct, sit, stay. Redirect, correct, sit, stay. Okay, until we get relaxation. Do that for a week or two. That's it. That's all we need to do is work on focus and relaxing. And you'll discover you're going to go to leash him up to work. He's going to know it. And he's going to go right into the lie down by the end of week one. Just, yep, I'm relaxed. Cool. Do it for another week. Then start working on the tricks. All right. So good luck, Terry. Hope that helps out. And thanks for the question. 
That's going to wrap up the podcast today. Thank you so much for listening in. If you haven't clicked that subscribe or that follow button, do so right now. New episodes come out every Wednesday and you're going to want to check them out. You can follow me on Instagram at Dogcast and join me there every Tuesday for our brand new training tip Tuesdays. Yes. Now you can subscribe to my uh, YouTube channel at youtube.com slash speakadogcast. Become a patron of the show today at patreon.com slash speakadogcast. And if you love the show, if you love what you're hearing, Apple and Spotify users, go on, scroll on down, click that five-star rating, leave me a review. I'd love to hear what you're thinking. Yes, I want to thank my uh, my patrons, my pup supporter, Rugula Wright, and my dog friend, Maureen Crossan. Have a wonderful week, and don't forget, get out there and walk your dog. Thank you.